is the first edition of CrossFit Talent Talk. I kicked it in right there. You heard that, <laughs> didn't you? I'm John Scout, and I'm your host. And with me, as always, is Dennis Cheatham and Will Moriad. What's going on? Guys, it's, this is an exciting thing for me. Um, you know, three months into CrossFit, and I have been heavily bitten by the bug. And I've got a number of friends across the country who CrossFit, and I want to always – I want to I wanna talk with them. I want to pick brains. And I've got in Dennis and Will, the the – the coaches here at CrossFit Talent, the guys with the knowledge base. Well, thank you there. We're at an, we're at an interesting point right now because it's the beginning of – we're just about to start into the Open. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were talking about that as we were getting started. How important is it for everybody at every skill level to be involved in the Open? Well, I, I, I think that they, they should. Um, I mean, if you talk about skill levels or you talk about just the, the, the different levels of, of, of a CrossFit – uh athlete um you know chris spieler does a real good um rundown in his blog about the levels you know when you first come in you're just uh you're, you're figuring out how things are going you're, you're not very competitive athlete you're just trying to compete against yourself to get better at certain things and then you know you advance and you become you know your 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 middle individual in, in, a, in a community and you know you might compete every once in a while in a local competition um you know but your skills have improved you still got a lot of ways to go and then and then your third stage of an athlete is is what we have you know um you're competing for regionals uh you're 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 right on the fringe of making regionals or you've made regionals and you're looking to make the games as as will's been doing for the last year and a year and a half so um you know those levels is 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 how an athlete is in in the crossfit community um, I think it's very important for them, even from the beginning, is to, to put their numbers in the open, compete in the open, even if you have to scale it. Compete in the open, you have a baseline of where you're at. And if you still continue to in CrossFit a year later, at least you have that baseline to compare and how you've done. I think that kind of answers my next question is, is what do you say to the guy who's new? A guy for perhaps in my position who's been doing it here at, at the box for three months, and I'm seeing some improvement in some places, but I'm still seeing some deficiencies in some of the other movements. I, you know, I've got some genuine concerns. If I go into this open and I'm faced with, with a wad that has, uh, for instance, in my case, a bunch of snatch movements, um, I'm, you know, I worry about that. Yeah, I think you got to ask the athlete what their goal is. Okay, for you, is it just becoming functional? Is it becoming the next Rich Froning? What is it for you, right? Right. Well, I mean, I, we can look at the fact that at 39 years old with, you know, elbow replacement and all that, I have no aspirations of being Rich Froning. Cool, you know you... what I mean? But at the same time, I've found myself in a position where I have to scale my ego back a little bit and remember the fact that at 39, I'm here to to be functional and gain strength and be proficient at these movements. Uh, but I think I have to take that with uh, with a little bit of the reality. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's a great, great approach to have. If you, if you're real with yourself and say, "Hey, I might not make the CrossFit Games, I might not make regionals, but I want to be a part of this community. I want to help build something bigger than just the CrossFit Games." I mean, it's not just about being the fittest on earth. It's about building this great community, and that's why we push everybody to do the Open because it's something we can all do together, whether we scale the workout mm-hmm. or we do it the way that CrossFit headquarters prescribes it. Well, I think you, you said the biggest thing is, is your ego. You know, you're checking the ego at the door. I mean, we, we we're constantly telling everybody that um, because the Open will 
um, expose your weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And if your ego is big, too big to handle the fact that you do have weaknesses, then you know you're you're in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Um, you know the 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 open is is made for that. I mean, you can yesterday uh, YouTube Greg Glassman went on and and had a you know part one of why to do the open. Mm-hmm. And you know they're the CrossFit's looking for the fittest on earth. Well, we're you know in this box, we're looking for the fittest in our community. Mm-hmm. You know, and even if we have to scale it, we can still see you know how's the community improving from an owner standpoint. How is this community improving? How's their fitness getting better? Are we attacking their weaknesses? Are we offering them skills, uh, skills classes that they can get in and, and, and improve on those weaknesses? So next year when it comes around, um, they've gotten better. It's excellent. There's, it's, it's a multifaceted benefit, and I like the point that it is. it sets a baseline, and it's something that you can look at a year from now and say, all right, I have improvements here. These, the, I'm stronger here. I'm more proficient here. I'm more uh, – it's – so that's valuable. And, again, the point is everyone at every level shouldn't hesitate to go ahead and join. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, I even thought the other day I was sitting there, we were, we were just in my, in my mind thinking about the same subject. And, you know, even the, even the individuals that, that don't go to a CrossFit box, the ones that are in the YMCA that, that, you know, do their type of fitness program, jump in the open, put your name in. You know, see where you're at compared to everybody else in the world. Yeah, you're doing it, it you're doing something different. You're maintaining, you're trying to maintain some type of fitness level. It's not a CrossFit style or it's not in a CrossFit box, but at least you're, you know, you're maintaining some fitness and let's see where it's at. And if you, you all of a sudden you have weaknesses exposed, that gives you something to challenge yourself for over the next year. Yep. <clears throat> One thing that I am, um, I'm thoroughly enjoying and I'm, I, I really like specifically about CrossFit talent is there is that aspect of the competitive version of CrossFit, the the Throwdown series, and uh, the organized events like that—is that something that's common throughout? Is this sort of a unique aspect of CrossFit talent, or are are all of the boxes trying to put together men's and women's or co cosex teams to to compete? Um, like regional, local, local, locally, locally, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Some boxes do. Um, I think that that we see them. Uh, we've gone to some other boxes. Uh, CrossFit Brigade in, in Chattanooga holds a Hellbender. Um, you know they'll do they'll do um, little local or regional competitions. Um, we've always my wife and I we've always dreamed of of being able to hold competitions, and it's just kind of spun off from that. We did the Easter Throwdown the first year, and then all of a sudden we wanted to do a team competition. It was a two to tango. Um, we there were ups and downs, a lot of uh, pitfalls that we found in holding a competition and all the ups too to that and so what we did is we decided well let's do it again a year later and um unfortunately last year easter fell uh, at a time that we weren't able to do the easter throwdown so it was uh, the spring fling Mm -hmm. and then uh the two to tango again and then we added our third to the series which was uh the masters uh competition um which i think really um may take off again uh, next year, more and more people are, uh, heard about it, and, and the community was very, very supportive of what went on. It's exciting stuff. Yeah, it's super fun. It's like we compete and we try to do CrossFit at its highest level, but if we do a local competition, it gives our community a chance to watch us train right. firsthand. You know, I mean, I got to train, and I did two to tango with Ryan, mm-hmm. who's one of our coaches here. Yeah, which is oh, awesome. Yeah. You know, it's it's not as stressful. You got a partner there. It's fun. You got your the people you're coaching every day 
there cheering you on. That's so, great. It, yeah, one of the things about the local competitions is, as, as Will said, they're not as stressful. Um, I know that you know when last year when Will was was made at regionals and he gets that regional, there's a lot of stress in there. Even though he didn't uh, show it as much during the wads, you know you could tell that there's a lot of stress is is personal stress and also all of you know also the, the community that's there supporting you, you know watching you and, and cheering you on. And I mean it's very stressful, mm -hmm. especially at that high level. Kind of in, in in terms of expectation, in terms of all of the time you've put into it. I mean, kind of talk about that. Expectation for this year? Yeah, no, in, ter in, in terms of the stress of competing as a guy who's competing at the highest level here. Um, honestly, I just look at it like I'm training every day with D or with Lisa. or You just go in there, take a deep breath. Once it's 3-2-1 go, it's, it's just like any other training day. Right. Stay within your means. That's something we've talked about a lot. Don't try to go outside of what your comfort zone is. If you can stay within your means, pace the workout you know you can, or the best that you can, and, you know, you just do as best as you are able to for that day. You and know, some days are better than others. And this is one of those things that I guess for me I can take away from the shooting is that when it's competition time, everything you've done to prepare is what you've done to prepare. You're not going to get any better in that particular competition. And all you're going to do if you start to try to push is to diminish your accuracy, your capability. I think that applies to CrossFit exactly. also. Exactly. I mean, you believe in your preparation. I mean, we train hours and hours every day, every week, every month. And if you believe in the program, you believe in what you're doing every day, then when it's competition time, you're satisfied with your results. Yeah. You know, there's always that little bit where you're like, oh, I could have gone a little harder, could have done this a little better. But at the end of the day, you did your, every preparation, you did your homework, and the end result's the end result. You got to be happy with that, you know. You know, we talk about, and in, in, you know, after a workout, we talk about the efficiency of that workout. Where where were we inefficient? Um, did we lose that time during that inefficiency? It's very similar, like you were saying, in a shooting range. Yep. You know, in a competition, if you, if you're going too fast, something's gonna break down. Something's gonna happen. And it's the same thing, you know, with what we're we're doing here in the box, getting you know, prepping for the open, prepping for regionals, is you know, we're being as efficient as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, making sure the movements are done as correctly as possible without breaking midline, without uh, redlining too early um, so that we can get through and we can, you know, walk away with, okay, this is what we did positive out of the workout. This is what we did negative. We need to fix that. Um, and, you know, even the weaknesses here. We Yesterday we were talking about last couple of days some of the things that, you know, Lisa has or I have or, you know, some of the things that Will has that are, okay, these are the small things that we need to correct before, you know, next week. You know, you got nine days left, you know, and then even luckily if you if you if your weaknesses push back further and further in those five weeks of the open, well, you still have those weeks to keep working on that weakness to improve on until that that particular movement pops up and then you're just kind of okay, what am I gonna do? Yeah. For people who don't or aren't aware, talk about how the open works. Um, the open works is, is you go online, uh games dot crossfit dot com. Appreciate it. And uh <clears throat> just register you put in your name uh you do it you can you if you're training an affiliate you put the affiliate name in and you just put your hand your, you know, your hat in the, your name in the hat um it's 20 bucks um and then each week uh hq will release a, a workout um with the standards and then uh, you have four days to get that workout completed um some some new things have come come out this year video if you think you're going to make regionals um, you need to video your workouts just in case they have questions. They can ask you for those videos. Mm -hmm. And I actually think that um, 
to get an invitation to regionals, you're going to have to be required to uh, submit one video that they request uh, just to make sure that everything is, is correct. Um, and then from that point on, you know, you get the invite to the regionals, you go to regionals. Um, you know, I, last year was a, almost 100,000. Maybe it was over 100,000. Mm -hmm. Not quite sure. Um, but I know that, that, you know, every year there's been more and more com <coughs> competing in, in, in the Open. Um, so. Excellent. The Essentially, though, for somebody who doesn't, uh, like, for instance, somebody who might be in my position, I don't aspire to make a regional bid. Uh, but perhaps I want to be involved. I want to log my scores for the wads. That then would be the information that I would go back and enter into the to the CrossFit database through the website. Yeah, gotcha. you put you put in your your, your weekly score. You put in your weekly score, um, and then you can see where you are in you know the world in your region. Um, and then they even actually we'd use it last year. I think they came out with it last year. Uh, CrossFit did was um, you can do your own um, um, special. Uh, community or box ranking mm -hmm. so within the box you can go in and, and, and have a page done and then everybody that's competing within your your affiliate can uh can see where they're ranked in that affiliate excellent good news good stuff the um yeah kind of shifting gears here a little bit i had i had read up an article this morning that you had posted uh through the talent facebook page a couple of days ago about being a good gym member yeah. And taking care of equipment because there is a there is a ton of asset here in the form of equipment, really really expensive high end stuff. When you start adding it all up, uh, but a couple of things that um, you know these these bumper plates are built for one purpose and they're not indestructible. Uh, no, um, high temp. Our plates come from high temp. Mm -hmm. uh, Chuck Rumbly down in uh, Tuscumbia, Alabama. Um, he, he's been gracious enough to uh be one of our sponsors and, and and give us most of the plates here um they take a beating day in and day out um they they've lasted a lot longer than the other stuff that when we first got into crossfit we were using and we've 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 slowly filtered and put away and thrown away um i think that one of the things here that's that's possibly possibly the, the most expensive or would be the bars yeah the bars really take a beating um you know yesterday you know People dropping bars, empty bars. Don't drop an empty bar. That's one of the just just major pet peeve. I mean, you want to piss off uh, uh, your your box owners or even your athletes that that train in there. You drop a bar, right? Um, but other than that, you know, everything else is pretty indestructible almost. Um, you know, you got your rigs and your, your jerk boxes, and, and you know, most of it's you can bounce around and toss around. That's been an interesting aspect for me also when you mentioned the jerk boxes and the different things like that that are oriented exact you know more towards the Olympic style lifting is that there is a whole community of Olympic lifters also and there's a whole series of juniors uh, and you know it never really occurred to me that those people have to come to come from somewhere in the United States to to fill out our Olympic team and and you know and perform those lifts but it is amazing to me some of the strength capabilities of some of those people who are really into Olympic lifting, yourself included, and Will, and Ryan, as a matter of fact, yesterday throwing up some crazy heavy snatches. I don't, I don't even know what he had on that bar, but it was big. Yeah, it was definitely some big weight. About 275? Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. I mean, a snatch of 275 pounds. Yeah. How? Yeah, it's unbelievable. Okay, so I was, I was talking with some of my, uh, some of my friends who are um, – 
military guys, guys who are employing CrossFit and Olympic lifting in their military training, and they're talking about lifting and snatching weights like that, overhead squatting 300-plus, stuff like that. I mean, these dudes are elite. And my question to them and my question to you is, is how do you physically stop somebody who can throw 300 pounds over their head? You don't. You can't. It's, it, it's not possible. And that's the point. But uh, stop them how? Like, well, not not in terms of not in terms of, and this probably is way off tangent. But this is this is coming from the guys who are training, you know, in high for high speed military maneuvers and things like that. And that's the whole point. But you go on from those guys, and you look at the guys again, like Ryan, who's who's snatching two seventy five, and and even heavier weights like that as I've started to learn about things like hook grip and different things like that and checking out these kids. I mean, there's even kids, 13-year-old kids, who are throwing up weight like that. It's unbelievable. Yep. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a big carryover from, from, from the Olympic lifting. Um, our community, Olympic lifting community here is growing, um, and mostly women. Um, they really enjoy that Olympic lift. Uh, very, you know, they, they focus a little bit more on technique. Um, you know, they really listen to, to how it should be done. Uh, we get some guys in here that just normally just they muscle it up and throw it up. And, you know, over and over again, you're talking to them, you're screaming at them, and they're still not listening. But um, it's growing. Uh, it, I like it. I enjoy it. And we've had a conversation, Will and I, before. If, if ever I decide to get out of CrossFit or not be as competitive in CrossFit, well, I'm just going to keep lift, Olympic lifting and uh, wad every day, and I should be good. Yeah. Amazing stuff, man. Unbelievable. The, um, another thing Will and I have had conversations over the last several weeks about, uh, shoes. Shoes intended for CrossFit. And, you know, Reebok's got a whole line, and they're, they're really quite expensive. But you look at even further down the wormhole of the shoes, shoes intended for Olympic lifting, specialized shoes for Olympic lifting. And what makes a good shoe? I think that's up to the lifter, you know. Right. I mean, you look at guys like Rich, he'll max all his lifts in these Nanos, and then you watch the Olympics, and all those guys are in O-lift shoes, which just has that raised heel right, for a stronger support system. But I think it's up to the person, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's individual preference. Um, you know, I, I, Glassman years ago said you should be able to – do Olympic lifting in an Olympic lifting shoe or barefooted, or barefooted. Right. you know, right. and, and I think, you know, Rich takes that really to, to, to heart. Cause I, I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen him in an Olympic lifting shoe. Um, in videos that he's snatching 225 Isabel, I think he was in nanos, mm-hmm. you know, even at, even at regionals last year, he was in nanos. Um, so, you know, um, I think that, that, and again, that's efficiency, yeah. you know, he's extremely efficient. Um, and, He's not using the, the, the little raised heel platform to be able to drive and sit back more. He's being efficient with his movement. You know, it's, it's really, you know, each individual's preference. Well, here's an inter- interesting thought that I had. And, Will, you come from a soccer background. You play mm-hmm. collegiate soccer even at Belmont. Yeah. Um, have you ever thought about or would it be appropriate to try perhaps an indoor soccer shoe like a Samba or a Giselle or something like yeah, that? Yeah, sure. I sure. mean, does that make sense? It doesn't have the forward transfer that, like, a running shoe has. Yeah, I have a lot of our performance kids. We have a lot of soccer players coming here for performance, and I'll tell them if they're wearing their runners, I'll say, you got a pair indoors, bring those in. Those will be a little better for lifting right. um, as far as stability. A lot of the younger athletes have a problem falling forward, so put a different pair of shoes on them, 
fix that problem nine times out of ten. Yeah, so. excellent. Well, it's like the uh, West Side Barbell. A lot of the guys lift in uh, Chuck Taylors. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You know, um, you know they're, they're a little bit narrow of a, of a shoe, but, um, you know, they're flat. Right. And you, you it's as close as you can get to that zero grade. Outstanding. How important is diet? <laughs> <laughs> you got that one, man. <laughs> Dude, diet. I'm the wrong guy to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mr. Chocolate Chip Cookies. Uh, no, uh, diets. I think diets are extremely important. Um, you know, it, it's a, uh, it's it's fuel. You know, if you're going to drive a Ferrari, you're not going to put in some cheap gas. You know, you're going to put in the high, high amount of octane gas that you, you need in there to make sure that that thing still runs at its best. I mean, you treat your body the same way. Um, you know, everybody, food is a very sensitive subject for people. So, you know, when you talk about, you know, high carb, low fat, you talk about zone, you talk about paleo, you know, there's things that some people like that, well, I don't know if I want to get take that out of my diet. Well, is that affecting your performance? If it's affecting your performance and you're striving to reach a particular fitness level, maybe you need to take it out of your diet. You know, and it's really, it's, it's, it's a lot of playing. Um, it's almost like a, a, a mad scientist in a chemistry lab. You know, you, you start, you know, tinkering with your diet and you move, remove something. Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And, and you put it back and you, your swelling comes up. Well, well, you know what's making you swell. and Get rid of it. Um, you know, I know for me just recently, I'm just hitting a lot of overtraining the last couple of weeks. And it was lack of, I wasn't getting enough calories hmm. and just started adding more sweet potatoes into my diet, you know, and more nuts, getting a little bit more fat in there. And, and, uh, it's helped a little bit. Um, you know, other things that come along with overtraining is, 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 you know, psychological and just rest. So, um, you know, diet's extremely important. I know Lisa <coughs> just, just recently, she went on what, five weeks ago, she went on a, a, a diet uh, plan. It was really not much of a, like diet, there was really nothing changing in that diet. I don't think I talked to her yesterday about it, but it was more of timing when when to eat the food. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as coaches, we get done immediately. Most of the time, it, it, we finish our afternoon workout and we're running right into the twelve o'clock class. Right. So we're not getting to be able to recover with the food right after. So, um, you know, her biggest thing was just the timing of her meals, and that's been a huge difference. You know, last five weeks she's been PRing. Recovering um, a lot better, I think. Yeah, and recovering a lot better. Her conditioning seems like she's improved. Um, I think some of the conditioning also could be from the swimming that she added. So, right. um, you know, the diet obviously, you know, for her was a big thing. Excellent. The uh, and how you know, having been in the box now with you guys for for three months, I have not seen a lot of people with injuries. But how prevalent is that? And what kind of support do we have here inside uh, inside talent? Um, the injuries, we have an older community here, so, you know, um, not a lot of young people. Uh, we have a few 20-somethings. Most of them are, are mid, mid-20s and up. Most of them, Yeah, I'm looking at you, Junior. That's yeah, right. Uh, most of them are mid-20s and up, and, and a lot are mid-30s and up. And a lot of them, you know, when they first get in here, the biggest complaints I hear is of, of uh, tendonitis, you know, elbow tendonitis or wrist or, you know, the lack of mobility in shoulders or, or ankles for the squatting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my background in sports medicine as an athletic trainer, that, that's, that's a big thing is, is just making sure that they're not injuring themselves. Something comes up, hey, let's, let's do this, show them some mobility. Um, you know, if it's really bad, tell them they need to be in here in mobility classes. 
mm -hmm. uh, to be able to uh, improve on that. Um, you know, we have a lot of shoulder issues going on right now. Myself, uh, Lisa, Tara. Tara's got a little torn labrum. Um, but, you know, there's exercises we can do to rehabilitate it. Um, mobility is, is probably the biggest thing. Um, I think as a CrossFit athlete, if you're not, if you're not taking time to be mobile, you're going to break somewhere. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's eventually going to happen. Yeah, I mean, that's before a workout, after a workout, watching TV, yep. after dinner, whatever you're doing, just find a little bit of time, 20 minutes a day. Yep. That can make a huge difference. Well, it's the having a lacrosse ball. I mean, I had one in my truck before doing the mobility class. Um, I've got, I went got over right there. and yeah, bought three right more. Uh, yeah, you got some in your bag, I mean, too? this one's in my bag all the nice. time. I'd never taped them together before learning about that how to skull do that. skull tape? Yeah, what's up? Oh, that's nice, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, buddy. I got some more of that in the Hazard. Truck. Hazard <laughs> tape. Look it up. But uh, that's, I mean, it's simple stuff like that that's critical, man. And, yeah. you know, I spend a lot of time on airplanes. So that's why this is in my bag because I sit down in the seat on the airplane, and I'll just, you know, do one of those. And people are like, well, what, what, what's that what's guy doing? Jamming <laughs> Opening. <laughs> Trying to open up my hamstrings a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, when you're sitting at the gate waiting for your flight. <laughs> right. And you got an extra 15 minutes. Laid out on the floor. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People will look at you funny, but you know what? Well, it's better better than let them look at you interesting. They'll come up and ask questions. What are you right. doing? You know, and, 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 you know, make them knowledgeable. Well, I've actually met people in the airport before doing yoga and things like that. Doing this. I met this woman one time in Atlanta doing some Tai Chi kind of stuff in the airport. Yes, and, nice. and folks were just like. You know, I'm like, no, this this woman is on to something. I'm yes. going over here, right? We're, we're about to fly across the country. You know, the guys are all I travel with, they're all sitting down, and we're sitting like, dude, we're, we're about to get on a plane where you're forced to sit. Yeah. You're going to have to sit for the next four and a half, five hours. I'm standing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So Yeah, we, when we were flying out to California, yeah. I, we were doing a competition out there, right. and I got up, and we had a little turbulence, and the flight attendants were like, sit down. I was like, look, I got to stand up right now. We were competing that night, yep. so I was sitting back there while the plane was rocking, trying to talk to these flight attendants, right, like right. convince them. So I was like, you know what? I'll just go stand in the bathroom if I have to. So right. I was like stretching out in the bathroom, this tiny little bathroom. Well, talk about that a little bit because that was this for the OC. Yeah, yeah, the, that was OC throwdown. You traveled and you competed on the same day. Yeah, yeah. So we got in it. We got in Orange County about eleven o'clock in the morning. Wow. Ate a little bit, slept, kinda. I was had to share a bed with my brother for that first day. So and then you had a wad very, that afternoon. Huh? Yeah, and then we had well, evening wad. So wow. we had a briefing and then do a little wow. swim workout out there. Wow. That's heavy. Uh, knowing what I know about having to travel and work in the same day. Yeah. You know, that's that can be that can be a grind, man. The swim was good though. It was almost like an active recovery, yeah. like Yep. Yeah. Loosen the legs up. Um burpees and swimming, so nothing heavy. The uh there was an interesting event out there, and I want to get you to talk about that a little bit. It was a burden run. Yeah, more or less it was a burden run. It was kind of like the game. So yeah, but you they, had kettlebells. It yeah. was a three-mile run with kettlebells. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So first mile we ran with two 53-pound kettlebells, so 106 pounds on our back. Golly. Run. I, th I think most everybody walked. Shuffle. Yeah. Fast, fast, it fast walk. It was a little trot, I'd say. And yeah. then uh, second mile was with one kettlebell, 53 pounds, right. and then last mile was just empty. All out. So, and for you, what did you have left by the time you got to that third mile? I mean, did it feel like you had finally put down a hundred? It was good, yeah, was man. Like, Let I, me go. I PR'd my mile time on that third mile, man. so accommodated resistance, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> after after two miles and all that load, yeah. that's amazing. That, that was fun, man. I mean, I, how much of that particular exercise is mental? 
how much of that is like, dude, how am I going to go a mile with 106 pounds worth of kettlebells? That, that was 100% mental. I'd never done anything like that. Right. It was just everybody else is doing it. The, the everybody else is feeling the same way I am. The looks of the athletes' faces when they cross that line to drop that one kettlebell, you could tell it was it was it was brutal. Yeah. You know, and, and, and having um, it was constant moving the kettlebells, trying to find comfortable positions and carrying the thing. Um, you could tell that the relief of putting one down and then it was okay, I got another one to do. You know, the faces of, of relief and, and as they were crossing the, the brutality of the just having it there. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was intense. Yeah, I mean, having seen the photography, you know, they just I'm thinking to myself, how how would I get comfortable to try to deal with that? Get comfortable being uncomfortable, right? Isn't that yeah. what all most CrossFitters say? I guess, say? right? <laughs> I guess, man, un- unbelievable stuff. Man. That's great. You've only been competitively doing CrossFit since 2012. Yeah, last December, I walked in the doors here at Talon and. Have them look back, man. That's pretty amazing. And, yeah. you know, you've made a regional. You've made fourth place overall at the OC, which is, yeah. I mean, that's a West Coast deal that essentially represents some of the biggest names. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what do you see going forward? Just keep improving, man. There's only room for improvement in CrossFit. So you, it's just about reaching your maximum capacity as a human. Yeah. You know, I just love that. I love seeing how much better I can get week to week year to year and i've been here a year and it's like night and day i oh, mean yeah. we were just talking about that the other day i think i put on 10 15 pounds right in a year right you know fitter than i've ever been like when i was a college soccer player right which is just kind of silly to me you know um so proving it's like what we were talking about believe in your preparation believe in your program sure that's what you got to do that's yeah, awesome. i remember the first workout he did was a prowler sprint snatch work and uh Laid him out pretty rough. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah that was not was, fun. Snatch was what, 185? I don't know what it was. I think it might have been 135. 135? <laughs> Beat me down with that 135. <laughs> Had you ever done snatches before you came? Yeah, you did yeah. 135? Okay, because I can't, I can't even aspire to try to snatch 135 right yeah. now. I mean, I was absurd. We did a little bit in college, but just I started CrossFit a little bit in my garage. Right. Just YouTube pretty much taught me. Right. Watching videos of Chris Spieler and yep, double yep. unders and whatever else skill work it was and walked Man. in here and got some proper coaching and How valuable was that though? Oh, huge. Walking in here? Yeah. Oh, so much different. Yeah. It's much different having somebody tell you, you know, this is what's wrong as opposed to watching a video and being like, Okay, maybe this is right, you know, right. just you have a definitive answer. I mean, for me, it's been a game changer. And I yeah. can tell you one instance here recently, it was a wad. I guess it was last week. It was uh, it was, it was was just a clean in uh, men's RX clean, 145, and then toes to bar. Mm-hmm. And I was doing my best to bite off that 145. And it was, you know, uh, muscle and struggling. And Lisa's yelling, can you hear me? You have to stay straight. You have to use your hips. You stop muscling it. There's no way you're going to get through this. Can you hear me? And literally, my last three reps for the for the AMRAP were my best and easiest, most controlled reps because I finally did it right. You know, I finally used what she was telling me as the coach. This is how you do this. You're doing it. You're not doing it right. You're trying to muscle it, and you're beating yourself up. Yeah. And finally I mean, listened to what she was saying when she came over and was yelling at me, can you hear me? And it works. Well, that's how you get longevity in this. Right. You know, if you're doing it the right way then you can continue to do it and you'll continue to grow if you're doing it with 
crappy technique, then you're eventually going to break down. Yeah, that's that, that efficiency. So yep. you became a little bit more efficient in your movement, even in a fatigue, fatigue state. Yeah, using heavy, using the bigger muscles yeah. and allowing that weight to move itself, using the momentum of the weight to get under it. And yeah. So on, yeah. So. yeah, when you hit a, when you hit a snatch, you know, you, you, if you're working up on snatch work and they just don't feel right, they don't feel right, and the weight's still, you know, you're still putting weight up on uh, the bar, and, and then all of a sudden you hit that perfect one, it flies up. You know, there. Last week I hit one. And it was. It just. It surprised me. Surprised yeah. me enough. I just. I, I let it go. Yeah, I let it go behind me. That's when you were like, "I'm done." Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm done. good on that I'm one. Out. That's an you out. <laughs> I'm, I'm still waiting for that to happen for me in snatch. My snatches are terrible. <laughs> you know. But you know, I was done. I was like, you know what? I'm going to take that. It's a positive day. I'm walking away. Awesome. I got my first taste of prowler sprints yesterday, mm. and. Uh, that was that was something else, man. That was something else. <laughs> the prowler flu. Is that, yeah, that's what they call it. <laughs> prowler flu. Now, how we've got this uh, simulated turf here in the box. How number one? How many other boxes have that kind of thing? I, I don't know. It's, um, is it pretty unique? It, it, no, I think some of the boxes are coming along with it. Especially, you know, I've seen some boxes that, in, in videos that are up in the the northeast, northwest, uh, in you know Illinois, in the colder areas. That have strips of turf in it, right? Uh, just so they can still do some things in the in the in the winter. Um, you know, I don't I don't know how many boxes have it uh, because we're a performance based um, facility. Uh, needed turf for cutting. Yeah. Uh, needed it uh, for for those type of speed and agility work. Um, was, yeah, outside we have concrete. Right. That's it. We're surrounded by it. But um, you know, it it, it helps. Uh, people go home and complain a little bit about the turf. We we take a little turf turf nuggets home. Yeah, um, oh, I got a ton of them in my closet <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> you go clean the showers at the, at the end of the day, and they're they're all throughout the shower. Right. But I think it it it, it adds to the box. We can use, we can do sled stuff. Um, you know, it's a little bit softer than the rubber mats. You know, getting down on it and doing some some hollow body holds, doing midline stuff, um, even doing mobile mobilization in here. Um, a little bit softer of a, of a surface. Now, how hard are the prowlers and the sleds on it? Because you can look at the feet on the prowlers and see that they've got pe what look like pieces of the turf kind of stuck to them. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I, the, the friction. Yeah. Well, we've taken them outside um, on the concrete. I think that uh, the turf adds a little bit more friction yeah. Uh, yeah. to it, um, slows it down a little bit. Um, they're just, the prowlers, and the, the, they're, they're just horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're you, an evil thing. You load them up, and you just, you know, do a, a – 30-minute workout every minute on the minute. Sprint it down and back. 40 yards. <laughs> Brutal. Yeah. Oh, and a prowler flu. You'd be, you'd be hating life for a while. I think we did five 40-yarders yesterday. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I was on a, a lighter one, and I did four on the lighter one. And then some of the bigger guys in the class I was in yesterday had one that was loaded a little heavier, and I pushed that for my last round. Whew. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That'll let you know. That'll blow your quads up. Yeah. <laughs> That'll let you know. <laughs> your calves will fire as well. After back squat. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah. Well, this is good, man. This is fun. I'm yeah. enjoying this. This is good. So, you know, the call to action for the people. If you like what you're hearing, give us some feedback through the Facebook page. Talk, you know, questions. What do you want to hear us talk about? What do you want some, uh, what do you want insight on? Or are we doing a good job? Are we doing a terrible job? What do you think? Give us a review. It's easy. It's free. It's Facebook. <laughs> it's Facebook. Social media. Outstanding, guys. I appreciate the time. This is oh, fun. Thanks, we'll do it awesome. again. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you.